listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, my name is Alex Howell. Um, if we haven't met before, or if you're like me, sometimes you forget names. Um, but I've been part of this community now for about uh, nine years, and I am really excited to be with you guys this morning on the first Sunday of Lent. Um, Pastor Robbie and other members of our church are currently in Israel, um, so keep them in your prayers this week, just as they are going through that country. Um, and I'm excited to see the photos um, and kind of see the updates throughout the week over social media, and then to hear of all the stories that happen when they get back as well. Um, I, I love the season of Lent. I look to it with much anticipation every year and with a lot of excitement because I believe that the season of Lent, um, there's a lot of potential within this season. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens uh, within our community this season, um, as well as just what happens in each of our individual walks over these next few weeks as we journey together through Lent. Um, my first question to you guys just is, how many of you guys have been on a journey before? You know, a road trip, maybe a hiking trip, a camping trip? Okay, awesome. So when, when you're getting ready, and all of those trips are a little bit different, but there is a point A and a point B, um, but you have to prepare for those journeys. You know, you have to come up with something. Um, if you're going on a road trip, you wanna make sure you have the right snacks. Um, you've got the proper hydration. Um, your cell phone is fully charged, or you have a cord so that you can charge it throughout the trip. Um, if you're going on a camping trip, you want to have the tent, a sleeping bag. Um, I'm not a camper, so that's about as far as I know the list goes there. Um, a hiking trip, the same kind of thing. You're going to want your backpack, a good pair of shoes, a walking stick, um, a compass maybe, or again, your cell phone and maybe a solar-powered um, charging battery so that your phone doesn't die, so that you have the compass and the map throughout your entire trip. Um, and when you're on that journey, and once you're actually going through it and you've started, whether it's that road trip, the camping trip, or the hiking trip, um, when you finish it, when you get to the end, you are different than when you started. Um, whether you just went from point A to point B, or you slept under the stars for the first time and you really got to see what the sky looks like at night without any light pollution or anything like that. Or you go on a hiking trip and you get to go rock climbing for the first time and it's that first time you rappel backwards. And there's that fear, but then you get to go down and then you get to go back up and back and forwards. You have changed now. You are different than when you first got onto that journey. Um, for better or for worse sometimes, you know? It may just be that good food that you had and now you've got a great memory of that. Um, but no matter what happens, you will be different at the end of that journey. Um, journeys transform us into something new um, and I think these are the stories that throughout our lives, these are the stories that we love, you know? When we look at literature, when we look at movies so often, um, I think the movies that connect in a wide array of people is the stories of transformation. And the one story that I always think of is The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. You know, really easy to think about a journey when it comes to those stories. And specifically with The Hobbit, um, if you haven't read it or if you've seen the movie, I apologize. I'm going to give you the entire story. Um, but we meet Bilbo Baggins, um, who is a hobbit, and he lives in the Shire, and he is a timid hobbit who likes to drink tea, have his first breakfast, second breakfast, um, have his cheeses, his meats, his cakes, 
garden and all that. And when we meet him, he's just smoking his pipe, sitting on the porch. And then the wizard Gandalf comes and kind of just throws his life into complete and utter chaos. He meets a company of dwarves who ask him to be a burglar and come along with them on this journey. And eventually he says no. He's like, I don't want to do this. And then they all leave. And if you've seen the movie or if you've read the book, there's that moment where he just is like, I'm going to go on an adventure. And he runs after them. And he goes as fast as he possibly can. And then he begins a journey where no hobbit has ever gone before. You know, he wields a sword. He um, meets elves. He really gets to know dwarves, things that hobbits wouldn't do because they don't leave the because they like their comfortability, like just the peace that is there. But there was something in Bilbo that knew that he had to go. You know, He goes toe-to-toe with a dragon and survives and makes it all the way back to the Shire. And when he gets to the Shire at the end, he is different to the point where the hobbits that knew him before don't fully recognize him when he gets there. He stands a little bit different. He's walking a little bit different. He's clothed differently. He's got a sword. He's got all these different things that make him look different. And when he was on that journey, there were times where he wanted to get done with it quickly. He wanted to get back to the Shire, get to the com- comfortability of his hobbit hole, his home. Um, but eventually, at the end, he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave these dwarves. He doesn't want to leave these people that have become his family. Um, and he has enjoyed the journey. He has realized what has happened to him throughout that has changed him and has made him something new. Um, And I think when we look at Lent, we can see Lent as a journey in that same kind of way. You know, we are walking through the wilderness for these 40 days. Um, And while we do walk through this, it has that same power to transform us. We will be different, whether this is the first time we've walked through Lent or it's the 18th, the 20th. You know, this is a time where the Lord is giving us a gift of Lent, and the gift is that we are on together. We look forward to Easter, you know, we look forward to what is to come, but it's important that we look at the present moment of Lent and we look at that as a gift. Because when we do that and when we focus on that, we are able then to let the Lord transform us. Um, When we do walk through Lent, we are adopting and embodying the uh, journey that Jesus had in the wilderness that we just heard um, Ashley read. Um, And he is embodying the journey that the Israelites um, walked through, um, where we read it in Exodus and in Deuteronomy as well. Um, Jesus's was for 40 days. um, The Israelites was for 40 years. And so when we, meet with Je- when we meet Jesus, you know, we come towards the end of his journey. We don't get the whole experience of the 40 days. We don't know everything, that, everywhere he walked, everything that happened. Um, but I do like the part where um, it says for 40 days Jesus didn't eat anything and he was hungry because I would definitely be hungry at that point as well. Um, I would be hungry if I hadn't eaten after five hours. So I can only imagine what he was feeling, you know. Um, and then we walk in with him and we get to uh, hear these temptations um, and we get to see how he responds and we get to see how he kind of goes toe to toe with the devil and walks away. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but when I look at temptations and when I think about temptations when they occur in my life, so often I look at them and I think, well, I must be weak in some way, you know? There's a reason this temptation's here and obviously something is wrong in my life. Something isn't correct, my, maybe my schedule is off, maybe I've been on social media too much, maybe I've been watching too much TV. Obviously now there is a reason that this temptation is here. Um, and when, I, when we look at Jesus, it can be very easy to 
read into that right now, you know? Jesus was hungry. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. He had been wandering through the wilderness. It's easy to see him as weak moment in our human eyes, you know? It's easy to think that. Um, But what if this story is something completely different? What if this story shows there's a different type of strength that comes when we wander in the wilderness, when we decide to spend time with the Lord? Because at the very beginning, it does say Jesus was led by the Spirit and was full of the Spirit, and then he went into the wilderness. So he spends 40 days with the Spirit and with God, and then that is then when the devil comes. You know, John Mark Comer, he is a um, pastor, an author, a teacher out of Portland, Oregon, and in his book, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he talks about this moment with Jesus. He talks about this moment of being in the wilderness and possible weakness, but really strength. And he writes, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness because it was there and only there that Jesus was at the height of his spiritual powers. It was only after a month and a half of prayer and fasting in the quiet place that he had the capacity to take on the devil himself and walk away unscathed. And so when we, when we read that, yes, we see a new kind of strength. The strength of the journey was not about getting to that end for Jesus. The strength came from his walking, his journeying with the Spirit, of spending this time alone with the Lord you know, with his Father and with the Spirit. And I think it's easy for us when we go on journeys, you know, to look at the destination as the goal. We can look and see that this is the success. You know, I finished the path. I have walked to the top of the mountain. I have um, rappelled down. I have climbed all the way down the rock. I have seen the cave for the first time. Um, I will get to the new home, you know, if I, I think about when I was in Texas and I had a six-hour drive from one spot to the other. And it was so easy for me to just think, I can't wait to not be on this road anymore and not just be looking at hills because honestly, I was the only car on the road because it was just in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And there were many moments where I felt like the Lord was telling me to pull to the side. One was when there was a giant iron cast longhorn statue and got to just sit there and just be in this moment and experience these, this beautiful moment of seeing this statue that some farmer had decided to put out. When we decide to take the journey as a gift and not just focus on the end of the destination, the journey becomes something completely different. The journey becomes a time where we are strengthened, where we remember what is important, and it's a time where maybe we learn something new. You know, we can be strengthened in the calling that the Lord has for us. We can be strengthened in who we are. Um, We can remember what is important, whether that's a practice, a daily practice that the Lord has for us, or a certain verse, a certain calling that we have. Um, We can learn something new. Maybe there's something new that's coming. You know, there's something that's on the horizon that is coming that we wouldn't be able to focus on without With that in mind, thinking about the journey, looking at the journey as a gift, um, let's take a minute and listen to Alvin um, read this poem real quick. You'll never find things like that on your way. As long as you keep your thoughts raised high. As long as a rare excitement stirs your spirit and your body. Lystragonians, Cyclops, Wild Poseidon. You won't encounter them 
unless you bring them alongside inside your soul unless your soul sets them up in front of you hope your road is a long one may there be many summer mornings when with what pleasure what joy you enter harbors you're seeing for the first time may you stop at phoenician trading stations to buy fine things mother of pearl and coral amber and ebony sensual perfume of every kind as many sensual perfumes as you can and you may visit many egyptian cities to learn and go on learning from their scholars keep ithaca always in your mind arriving there is what you're destined for but don't hurry the journey at all better if it lasts for years so you're old by the time you reach the island wealthy with all you've gained on the way not expecting ithaca to make you rich Ithaca gave you marvelous journey. Without her, you wouldn't have set out. She has nothing left to give you now. And if you find her poor, Ithaca won't have fooled you. Wise as you will have become, so full of experience, you'll have then understood what these Ithacas mean. Thanks, Alvin. So a few things that I love about that poem um, is the second line in it where the author tells the one who's going on the journey, hope your road is a long one. And I like it because it doesn't say, I hope your road is a long one. It just says, hope your road is a long one. So that the journeyer has that hope that it does take a while. It's not a fast journey. It's not something that can be done quickly. You know, there's no get to go as quick as possible and collect $200. You know, it's, I want to get there. I want to slowly get there. Let the journey form me and all that. And then secondly, towards the end, where the traveler is wealthy, not because he arrives at Ithaca, but because Ithaca, because Ithaca can't make him rich, but because he is rich because of the journey that got him there. Lent is a season where it, it could be easy for us to want to get through it quickly, where we are waiting for Easter, we're waiting for resurrection, we're waiting for our destination, you know, we're waiting to get to that point. But it really, it, it shouldn't be something that we try to push through very fast. It should be something where we hope the journey is a long one, where we hope the road is long. It's full of adventure. It's full of discovery. But the question is, with a season such as Lent, where we are journeying and embodying and walking through the wilderness, just as Jesus and the Israelites did before us, how will we be sustained in our waiting? You know, Jesus shows us very clearly that it has nothing to do with the bread that, he, that the devil tempts him with. It's all being, he's always being sustained by the Spirit. Same with us. We have the Spirit with us on the journey as we are walking through it. 
The beauty of this is we don't have to wait to get to the end, to get to Easter, to experience the presence of God because the presence of God is with us always. You know, as we, as we heard in our call to worship this morning um, from Psalm 91, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. A refuge is a place that you go in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a hard time to escape and to find some kind of peace. But if God is my refuge, uh, and as we just said, God is with us, then he is with me in the ups and the downs of the journey. He is with me throughout the entire process of it. So I don't need to get to the destination to find that peace and to find that refuge and to find that safety because it is with me even now as I walk day by day, moment by moment. We look forward to the resurrection of Easter and the end of our journey and the end of our time in the wilderness. But we can enjoy and should enjoy the gift of God's presence through the journey of Lent. We don't want to hurry on looking towards the future. We don't want to look to the past for previous Lent at all either. We want to be able to be in this present moment so that we don't miss the moment where maybe there is a burning bush right on the side of the road for us. You know, there is some moment right there that we don't want to miss. We want to be able to be very present so that we can see what the Lord has for us right now. And I, I, I don't know what your Lenten journey looks like right now, what your journey is on and what this season is bringing for you. You know, I would encourage you to have an awareness of God's presence throughout your day. Um, for me, one thing that I absolutely love to do is I love to journal. Um, that was a practice that my mom instilled in me pretty young um, of just journaling your thoughts, journaling your prayers, journaling what's going on. And in high school, I got to go to Zambia um, for the, and that was the first time I was ever out of the country. And while I was there, my mom gave me a specific journal just for my time in Zambia. So I had my journal that I already had always been using, but then this small little purple book as well that I brought with me. And I still have it in, on my bookshelf at home. And from time to time, I'll go and look at it. And it's wonderful to be reminded of that because I have moments of sitting on this hill with a few friends, looking over a lake, um, taking a walk with a high schooler that I met there. But I forget a lot of the little mundane moments. I forget a lot of the little teachings that we had. And this journal reminds me of that and helps me to focus on the day-to-day -day and focus on the moments that are there. And so I would encourage you, maybe that is a practice, you know, maybe spend time journaling just for this Lenten season. Keep a journal just for this so that in that, not only will you be able to look back and see what the Lord taught you in this season, but also it's a practice of whether you do it in the morning, talking about the day before, or you do it every night for that day, you're able to remind yourself and you're able to see where the Lord brought you and what the Lord had for you in that moment. And if you gave up something for Lent this season, maybe it was caffeine, maybe it was sugar, maybe it was social media, you know, you are able to, in those moments, because I can imagine with caffeine, you know, you get that headache, same with sugar, you know, you want that, you want that, you know, the desire that comes, even for social media as well, and anything else that you may give up, there's that desire to want what it is. That's why we give it up, so that then we are able to focus on the Lord. And let those moments of desiring be a reminder that the Lord can and will sustain you and keep you going each step of the way in the journey of Lent. That he is with you always throughout this whole process. And may we as a community, a community of Oasis, 
whether we're in the room or whether we're on the live stream or we're listening to the podcast in a few days. May we grow to love this journey that we are on together and all that comes along its way and allow it to transform us in the process only as the Lord can transform us. I would hate and hope that it wouldn't happen where we would just think about March 2nd, just a few days ago, and try and only get to March to April 17th. You know, we would only be trying to get to April 17th. We wouldn't think about today is March 6th. I forgot which day it was. But we, we get to March 6th, and we want to have March 6th be the gift that it is for this moment. May we look at that and trust the Lord that he has something for us each day that is transforming us into something new for this new season. Let me pray for you guys. Father, thank you for this season of Lent. Thank you how you are with us and you are our refuge and you are guiding us through the wilderness as you have so many before us and you will so many after us. I pray right now just on this day, this first Sunday of Lent, that you would bring strength and you would bring just peace to each person as they need it within this season and on their own journey. Thank you for what you're doing within our community and what you're doing in each one of us and how you are strengthening us and transforming us even now. We love you. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.